Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Olivia Mentor. And this is our mid-year goals check-in. Can you believe it's June? No. Me either. Absolutely not. Not at all. (laughs) Me either. Although it feels like January is so far away. So on the one hand, when I went back to grab these goals, I was like, this feels like a lifetime ago. But at the same time, I'm like, June? Already? (laughs) I know. I know. It's crazy. Well, before we get into that, let's do some highs and lows. Tell me your high. My high is that we have had the most amazing weather for the past week. Just absolutely gorgeous. No humidity. Warm. A little bit cool in the morning. Just beautiful. Just A-plus weather all around. It's been making me so happy. Can I put in a content request from you? (laughs) Sure. Will you make like a TikTok or a reel with a garden tour? (laughs) Oh, maybe I will. I care a ton about your peonies and your roses, and I'd like to see what else is out there. Okay, I will do this. I'm actually considering like trying to sell the peonies because there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them outside right now. Oh my God, I'm so jealous. How do peonies work? Will they bloom throughout the summer or like it will bloom once and then it will be over? I think it's only now, but I mean, it is just... There's so many of them. I am overwhelmed. And apparently they sell for like $5 a stem or something crazy. So peony farmer. Catch me at your local farmer's market. (laughs) This is my new life. Oh, I'm so jealous. I love peonies. I will do that with the content. Oh, thank you. I I care a lot about your your plants. (laughs) One day I'll have you come visit it. Definitely in the spring. Just say just say the word. What is your high? I have two highs. My first high is the second half of my trip to London. And very specifically, the Magic Mike XXL live show. It was so much more fun than I expected. We were just talking about this, but it looked incredible. Like, it looked like adult medieval times in my mind. Yeah. Like, that level of fun. Yeah, that's a good description. So my friend Rachel... And our friend Jess, who lives there, have been, this was their third time. Their third time to Magic Mike Live. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know that this is for me. It feels at best, like, it, it just feels so unbearably cheesy to me that I was like, oh, I just, I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm not going to like this. It was great. Like, they were very talented. And it they was looked talented. fun. Like the vibe, everyone was very into it. Like it was very fun. Whoever saw that movie and was like, we're doing a live show. Genius. Like Genius. it's perfect. Makes total sense. There's one in Vegas too. Oh, you'll have to see them all. I don't know that that's my destiny, but <laughs> I I would recommend it for like a girl's night out or a bachelorette or a birthday or something. It was so fun. If we ever end up in Vegas, we are going. Yes, we'll go. We'll go. (laughs) There was this episode of Who Weekly a long time ago that is like forever burned in my head where Lindsay, one of the hosts, went to all three. She went to Magic Mike. She went to the Thunder from Down Under and Chippendales. I think those are the three. And like compared and contrasted them. And like not that I'm going to go that far, but I would totally go if we were ever in Vegas. That's I can totally see. Right it's there. a slippery slope to go three times. Like, 
you know, I went once. I had a really fun time. If you came with me to London, I'd be like, we should go. It'll be really fun. And then I'm at two. Yeah. I don't know what it means if like the performers in the live show start to recognize you. If you've been to the London one three times, like, do you feel special at that point? Or do you just question your life choices or both? I, both. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think the yeah. answer is both. Okay. <laughs> the beginning of a romance novel. Oh, and wait, I forgot to tell you my second. Hi. I love going west jet lag. I love the kind of jet lag that you get when you come back from Europe and mm. all of a sudden you're naturally an up at 5 a.m. person and you're like, oh, who me? I just naturally <laughs> get up at 5 a.m. I have been so productive this week. I feel I, I can't think of somebody who wakes up really early. I, I feel like how Jake must feel every day. <laughs> Yeah, Jake is truly on another level this year, working on the house every single morning at five. So do you think this is your new life? like, Or do you find yourself winding down here on the 5 a.m., 6 a.m. wake-ups? I feel like usually it only lasts for about a week. I'm still going strong, but this morning was 6.30, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. I feel like by Monday, it'll have worn off altogether. A week is solid, though. I see this version of myself, and I'm like, how, <laughs> how do I get to that? Waking up naturally without an alarm at 5 a.m. But I don't know how. If you go to London every other week and yes. see Magic Mike while you're there. Yes. An obvious solution. I'm seeing how this could work for you. I see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your mood would be sky high all the time. Absolutely. Well, I mean, there's your goal for the rest of the year. Check. I feel like I could write a memoir about that, too. Like my year of Magic Mike. Magic <laughs> Mike and me. Oh, I would read that. Yeah. I would also, I feel that. like I could I could not only write a memoir about that experience, but I could write a side collection of essays profiling the different women there and why they came and like who they are. There's probably some great stories there. I agree. I mean, not probably. Definitely some great stories. It feels like my responsibility to do this. I mean, this is your destiny, I would say. I, I don't think I disagree. <laughs> what... What is your low? My low is that I feel as exhausted, like physically, mentally, emotionally, as I have ever been in my life. Like, I just feel so tired um, all the time. And I really never feel that way, oddly. Like, I don't know if being tired has ever been my low on here. But I just, I'm generally, like, pretty, pretty level in terms of energy. And I just... It has been like a rough two months and I'm just, it it's all catching up with me. Yeah. Is it because you're not sleeping well because you're too anxious or is it just, just like a psychic tired of like everything's heavy and I'm exhausted? Um, I think it's both, <laughs> but my sleep has definitely been not great and I usually have very solid sleep. So that's been bad. You know what you could do? Um, I could fly to London, see Magic Mike, yeah. come back, yeah, and let the let the magic of both Mike and the time change change me. Yeah, I think we, I've just written a pitch of <laughs> your book. You're writing yeah. now. Well, I think that is a solution. So, so I'll handle that. <laughs> it's a good time. You deserve a break. Yeah, I do. I deserve a Magic Mike show. You do. What's your low? Um, I don't know if you can tell. I think I sound normal. I am getting 
body slammed by allergies. I know that that was my low the other week, but it is just, it keeps coming. I woke up with no voice this morning. I definitely don't have COVID. I took a test. I'm unsure if maybe this is a cold or if it's just that I left and my body got unused to the pollen because my allergies were almost gone by the time I left. And then I came back and it is, I'm taking an allergy pill every day, but it is not helping. I I don't know. Rachel was joking that because she feels the same way. So it's either, you know, some kind of sickness we picked up or allergies. And she was like, I'm calling it my magic mic malady. <laughs> I think it's allergies because if there's anything we've established, it's that magic mic does no wrong, no harm. Right. It's it's truly I thought it would be over by now, but when I was just outside, I just went to get a manicure and you can just see the tumbleweeds of pollen just floating yeah. through the air. Yeah, they're everywhere here too. It's it's pretty nonstop. It's gnarly. But I hope it, it lets up soon and you feel better. I hope so too. It's just like me and Sudafed are on a journey. Good luck to you both. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Have you bought Sudafed recently? No, no. Nothing will make you feel like more of a criminal than buying Sudafed. Do you have to, is it because it's like, I guess it's cold medicine? Yeah, it's because it's what's used to make crystal meth, I think. Oh my God. So it's behind the counter and you have to like give them your driver's license. Like it is a whole process to get Sudafed. Like it makes you feel like you were doing something so shady. Oh, wow. Well, that's good to know. I'll have to like mentally prepare myself if I ever have to because that just feels like I would feel exposed to the world if I had to like ask permission for the Sudafed. And they like and they have to like write down your information too. Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah, like it's it's very intense. You're on some sort of a list somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Sudafed. Yeah. Oh, well, okay everyone, now you know. Now Watch you out. Know. Well, I want to talk about our goals, but before we do, let's take a quick ad break. We have a former sponsor back in the mix today, and I am so, so excited because I genuinely love my Cozy Earth loungewear set so much. It's become my go-to plain uniform, and actually, when we were leaving London, Rachel complimented me on it unprompted. She told me how cute and comfy a plain outfit it was. And not only does it look more put together than other sweatsuits, in my opinion, the fabric is so good. It's very breathable. At no point was I like, you know, when you are like in an airport, you have all your stuff and suddenly you're like, I am 8 million degrees. Like I never got that feeling. And it has enough stretch in it that it doesn't lose its shape and become frumpy even on a transatlantic flight. Like it is magical. I agree with that 100%. And there is good news for all my fellow tall girls out there because the jogger pants also come in tall sizes, which is a total game changer. Cozy Earth crafts luxury goods that transform your lifestyle. They've been featured as one of Oprah's favorite things. So if you don't trust us, trust Oprah. All of their products are made from responsibly sourced viscose from bamboo and come with a 10-year warranty. So their products may be a splurge, but they will definitely last. Also, we've been raving about their loungewear and their incredible socks on our past ads, but I think what they're actually best known for is their bedding and specifically their bamboo sheet set. So I'd describe it as more of a satiny feel, and Oprah described it as 
the softest ever. Again, this is just Oprah's ad. We're just messengers here. <laughs> they're they're definitely a little on the pricey side, but again, they have that warranty and they also have a hundred night return policy. So it's pretty risk free. And I tried these out, and the thing that I loved about the cozy earth bedding and the sheets is that it is really the most cool to the touch sheet set that I have ever tried. We do not have air conditioning of any kind anywhere in our house right now. And there have been some hot nights already. And the fact that these sheets felt so chilled every time I got into bed was amazing. So if you're a hot sleeper, I think you'd love them. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can take 35% off site-wide at CozyEarth.com when you use the code BOP. Again, that's CozyEarth.com with code BOP for 35% off. Let's get into it. These goal episodes are some of my favorites that we do every year. Yeah, this was the first time that I listened to our January episode, and it was really, it was strange. It was like, I know that's me, but... So much has happened. So much has changed. And yet a lot of my goals are exactly the same. So it was really interesting. Well, high level temp check before we go through them one by one. How do you feel you're doing on your goals this year? If you had asked me before I went and looked at them, I would have said horribly (laughs) because this year has felt really, really hard for me. And I didn't expect it to because it's been filled with so many great things but it's just been difficult. However, I went back and looked and I I actually feel pretty good and pretty proud of myself. So I needed this episode, I guess. Oh, good. What about you? I think I'm doing good, not great, but I think I'm I'm doing a seven out of 10. That's That's good. Yeah, solidly good. Yeah. Let's talk about personal goals to start. Yes. Your first one that you talked about, which I love, is starting a journal. So how has that gone for you? 10 out of 10. I have done my line a day or some lines a day journal almost every day. I think that I've missed it less than five times. I Oh, that's great. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I would still like to expand my journaling practice. After we had Amber on, I I like got off of the Zoom call with her. I immediately went and found an old notebook from like a press mailing in my office. And I started a journal specifically about book stuff because I was like, I want to remember how I felt in my debut year and everything like that. And I've written it a few times, but it hasn't been regular. Like I don't think I've earnestly started a long form journal, but I'm like 10 out of 10 on the five-year journal, which is totally fine. Like that satisfies the goal in my opinion. I love that. I'm glad that you've stuck with it. It is really just so much easier than anything else to be consistent with. Yes, and I can't wait until I get into year two and I have I have entries to look back at. Oh yes, I'm on I'm on year two now, which yeah, it's very interesting. What about your walking pad? Okay, so I haven't talked about this anywhere. So oh, heard it here first. At the end of last year, I had the Soul Cycle bike. I was struggling to get rid of it, and I was like, I just need to do it. I'm gonna get the walking pad. I got the walking pad, and I didn't talk about it because I knew that the minute I started talking about it. People would have so many questions, and I wanted to decide how I felt about it first. The answer is, I don't think I like it. It has nothing to do with the specific walking pad that I bought. I just don't like it. I do not feel the same way walking on the walking pad 
inside my house. I don't get the same endorphins, the same feeling as I do from walking outside. And then I also, I I have very few work calls. I think if I had a lot of work calls, especially ones I could be off camera, I would use the shit out of it because it would be great for multitasking like that. Like I can't walk and write a book at the same time. Like it, it, it's yeah. not feasible. Also, that's, I get, that's a good point. I also get really annoyed by having to put on my shoes inside the house. <laughs> it's stupid, I would but 100% it's true. percent be barefoot just walking. So I have probably used it less than ten times. I guess you know maybe it was a pretty mild winter. I guess maybe next winter or like in the hot, hot, hot part of summer, maybe then I will start using it more but no I did it what about the the standing part of it have you used the standing because I'm assuming you have a standing desk that goes with yes yeah have you stood and worked do you like that no I haven't I mean I guess I can move the walking pad away and just stand and work but I haven't I haven't done that okay I like to sit I like to sit in my like c-shaped gremlin mode I'm currently also – That's my most productive – like Hunchback of Notre Dame is my most productive (laughs) posture. Do you ever see a photo of yourself where you're in the background and you're like, how are my organs like surviving? Because like I'm literally folded over into myself, like literally, I don't know, like a possum hiding from a predator. Like it's not good. Thankfully, I've never seen – a photo of my posture like that <laughs> because I'm pretty sure I would just turn to stone and die <laughs> on the spot. Okay. Noted. I won't take photos. <laughs> Tell us about your next personal goal that you had. Okay. So my next one was that I wanted to visit Charleston and San Francisco to celebrate friends' life milestones, Grace buying a house, and then my friend Ashley having her second baby. So I've been to Charleston. And then I guess I'm amending the San Francisco part of the school. So my friend Ashley is actually going to be on the East Coast in Boston. So I'm going to go up and see her and meet her baby then. So the spirit of the goal is intact, but I will just be doing it in a different place. So I'm all set. Like I'm three for three right now on these. Okay. So what about the fourth one? Mm, This is where I fall apart. I haven't I haven't gotten four or five yet. So goal number four was to cook healthy meals at home more often than not because I felt like I was getting so much takeout. I would say I'm not doing worse. I'm I might be doing better than I was specifically when I wrote that goal, but like on the whole, compared to last year, I don't think I'm doing better. Well, you've been really busy. I find that the hardest times to cook are when you're traveling a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Especially recently, it it hasn't been, it hasn't been exceptional. So I still want to do this. I, but I truthfully like don't see myself getting this in hand until August. And then I'm going to be like, then my book's coming out, which hopefully things are happening right now. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, nothing's happening. (laughs) What do you mean? I don't know. Like we're four months out and I'm like, every day I'm like, is something going to happen today? Nothing happens. So (laughs) In my head, I don't know what I'm doing in my head, but in my head, I'm like very busy in the two months leading up to my book. What am I doing? I don't know. Preparing outfits that match the cover, obviously. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Many, many outfits. Yeah. So my fifth one was to dye my gray hair. I have a lot of gray hair, specifically in the under layers of my hair. Mm -hmm. And every time I do section my hair to 
curl my hair or blow blow dry my hair, I see it and it makes me feel bad. So yeah. this is just like a just for me, not I don't think anyone else would like see or notice this, but this is just like for how I feel about myself. So last time I got my hair cut, I asked about this. And I think I'm a virgin hair dyer. I, I've never dyed my hair. And I, I think I didn't quite understand how it worked. Like I thought that there was some version of like painted highlights in the same color as my hair that I could get to just cover the grays. Right. Like I thought that. I think they have that at the drugstore. You like spray them. But that's oh. not the same thing, obviously. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I like I thought that there was going to be a solution to this. And according to my hairdresser, she's like, no, you like have to like start single process coloring your hair. And I'm like, oh, mm. like this seems like such a commitment. And then, you know, yeah. I think it, I would dye it the same shade. So I don't know that it would really show a ton of growth. So I'm not sure how frequently I would have to do it. But like, you know, I'd have to be doing it regularly. So basically, her advice was to wait until you can't stand it anymore. She's like, wait as long as you can. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be a pain in the ass. She's yeah. like, don't do it before you have to. And so she probably told me this in like February. And I think I'm getting to the point where I can't stand it anymore. So I think that I will accomplish this before the end of the year. When I put it on, I thought there was an easier solution to this than apparently there is. Yeah, I think about that, but that's a good point. Like, because once you start, there's kind of no, mm-hmm. there's no going back. And then, like, you're never going to see your hair exactly the same way again. So then that creates a whole other thing where you feel like you have to keep up with it. Anyway, yeah. well, good luck. And then it's so boring and so expensive to just dye your hair the same color brown that it naturally is. Part of me is like, if I'm going to dye my hair, I want to dye it. <laughs> yeah, go blonde. Pink. I don't know. Do, <laughs> do something exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not actually going to do that, but I'm like, oh, just paying all this money and putting in all this effort to just like – It is so expensive. Have single process brown hair. Well, if you ever do decide, update us. Update me. I honestly – I think I will by the end of the year. Like I'm definitely getting more grays. And when we were in Pump Beach, the bathroom had great lighting and it had like a super magnifying mirror. And one day while I was getting ready, I spent like 20 minutes just like picking grays. And I was like, I have so many. Is it really? I've never noticed. Well, because it's all underneath. So yeah. it's only when I – if I were to wear my hair half up, half down, you would definitely notice, which I never yeah. do. But, you know, when I section my hair to blow dry and I put it half up, half down basically, and mm-hmm. I can see it. And it just it, – right. it basically to me, every time I'm getting ready, it's like a kick in the gut to see it. Like I yeah. don't feel great about myself because I'm like, oh, you're getting old. I get that. So it's truly not for like the world. It's really just for me. Maybe someone has a suggestion of a less expensive solution out there. Yeah, I would the- be very curious if anyone else has has fought this fight because I don't know the first thing about hair dyeing. <laughs> I'm sure there's someone. Let's get on to y- your personal goals. So sure. Similar wavelengths. Your first one was to continue your five-year journal. Have you? I have. I I have. I often like will skip a few days, but I always catch up. So okay. I just look yeah. at my calendar and I remember what I was doing that day and I sort of Same. write down the basics. So I think I'm like maybe a week behind right now. But yeah. And it's been so cool to read the entries from the year before. I can't wait. 
it feels, it's funny how far away some of the stuff feels like so, so far, but it's been really interesting. And especially with having moved. Yeah. There were definitely some that were like, oh, like I love where we live so much, but I also really want an old house. And, oh, and I feel like we're never going to find one because the market is so bad and I don't know where to live. And anyway, so it's just, you know, things work out. So I'm very curious to hear about the second one because when we recorded the episode, you <laughs> vague balled this really hard because you you didn't want to jinx. I don't think you closed on the house yet. You like you didn't right. want to jinx it. But like yeah. you basically were like house stuff. So I'm curious like if you actually have goals of like these are the rooms we want to do by the end of the year. These are the projects we want to do. Like what does that look like and what have you done? So I re-listened to that episode and it was really funny because I was like, you know, what I've learned in 2022 is that you can't really rush things and everything takes the time that it takes and you can't have everything go perfectly according to plan. And I've just really learned that. <laughs> and then I feel like I got to the house and like started doing stuff and and the house or the universe was like, we're really going to make sure she knows that <laughs> yeah, she it's thinks not going to go. This? Exactly. Which I feel like is how life always goes for me. I'm like, oh, I really have some like higher understanding. And then the universe is like, bitch, no. Um, So anyway, we have done lots of stuff. Um, We've painted, we've built a laundry room that was the most expensive thing and the most time consuming because we had to build a wall. We had to install plumbing. Um, we had to get the washer and dryer up the stairs ourselves. So we've done a lot. I don't know. I don't want to go on and on about all of it because I know that not everyone's interested. But I'm interested. Like what oh, what projects do you have left that you want to have finished by the end of the year? Most of the things that we have left are things that we are saving up for. So I really wanted to redo the whole guest bathroom from top to bottom so we would have one brand new bathroom. We gutted the whole thing, but then we had to put that on hold so we could we could uh, save up for the appliances and whatnot. So I would love to have that done. I think originally at the beginning of this year, I would have said, like, I want the kitchen redone top to bottom. That is absolutely not going to happen this year. I really want to get the wallpaper done in our living room, which I know angers a lot of people, but it's just not not me. So I think conservatively, I will say... I would love to have the bathroom done and all of the rooms painted. Okay. So I know these are your goals, but this is about me. Like, (laughs) at what point will it be visitor ready? By the end of the year or no? Funny you say that because Jake's parents are coming in two weeks. (laughs) I'm uh, not prepared for, but... I mean, it kind of depends. I have, like, very high standards, I guess, so for people other than family, probably not till next year. Mm. Well, I mean, it depends. Whenever we get the guest bathroom done, I'll feel comfortable. Okay. Because of right now, we only have one full bathroom that everyone would have to share, which is not ideal. Okay. So I feel well, like... I'll be watching. Yeah. I feel like we have made a lot of progress, actually, and we've done a lot, and we've done almost everything ourselves. I feel like you've done a ton. <laughs> Thank you. I am proud of us, and especially Jake, who does most of it. But sometimes it can feel very, very overwhelming, like mm-hmm. much more so than I anticipated. So, yeah, I think I think we've done a lot. Talk to me about goal number three here. <laughs> oh, this is where I also fall off. <laughs> I 
this one I wanted to be more thoughtful about like mindless scrolling, mindless TV watching. No, I absolutely not. Especially like as things have been kind of stressful these past couple months, like I there's no boundaries whatsoever. Yeah. I'm I am off the rail, so to speak. Do you care anymore? Is this a goal where you're like, I still want to do this by the end of the year? Or are you like, yeah, this is something I thought I cared about, but now I don't. I do still care because it only impacts all of the like negative, any stress I have, any anxiety, it makes everything worse. And I know that. And so it's really frustrating for me that I keep doing it, but I just don't have time to like, I have to get back to a base level. Like I have to address Mm -hmm. my sleep. Of course, this all like (laughs) comes together, but I have to get back on a sleep schedule I have to get back to cooking normally. I have to get back to drinking water normally. Like I have to do all of that before I can even do this. So still a goal. I really hope it was a good reminder because I do want to get back to all of this. Don't be too hard on yourself. You're having like a very out of your control <laughs> set of circumstances right now. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm trying. <laughs> I'm curious about number four. And if this is still a goal, you have go on another solo trip. I I don't know. I honestly can not think about a lot of travel at all right now. There's a lot going on. But um, with the house, I mean, in particular, there's just so much to do. And it's very hard to, like, justify leaving when you're like, I could paint that room or whatever. It's, I think it's totally fair to demote a goal. Like, I had one last year that I think by the time we got to mid-year, I was like, I don't care about this anymore. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to force myself to do it just for the sake of checking a box. Yeah, I think I need to learn to do that. I think with the solo trip thing, part of me thinks like if I don't make a point to do it regularly, I will not ever do it again or it'll be a very long time. But right now it's not on the schedule and it's not a priority. But who knows? Maybe things will slow down and even out by the end of the year. And I would think I would benefit massively from just some time by myself. As always, I think everyone can. So we're at circumstances permitting, but not a not a deal breaker. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's good. Let's take another ad break before we get into our professional goals. This episode is brought to you by ZocDoc. I think most of us can relate to having some sort of a health symptom and automatically doing the one thing we know we shouldn't do, texting our friends about it. As tempting as it is to seek reassurance and advice from the people we feel closest to, you're extremely unlikely to find medical advice that is actually helpful and legitimate in your group chat. That's why it's so useful to have the ZocDoc app on your phone. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book doctors in their neighborhood who are patient-reviewed and fit their needs and their schedule. You don't have to bother your friends for referrals or wait on the phone to make an appointment. Instead, you can do everything from your phone on your couch, no matter where you are or what you're doing. As someone with health anxiety, I actually make it a point to try to not share my symptoms with my friends because it has a very similar effect that Googling symptoms does. Um, I find it very easy to believe the worst case scenario and very difficult to, to believe my friends when they say that something is no big deal. So now instead, whenever I'm experiencing something, a health symptom, I open the ZogDoc app and make an appointment in minutes. It's that easy. 
Go to ZocDoc.com slash BOP and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash B-O-P. ZocDoc.com slash B-O-P. So let's talk about professional goals. I feel like we both had a lot. Tell me about yours. Tell me how it's going. Okay. High level or or granular? Let's start with the first one, which is to write the first and second draft of book two. I'll definitely do this. No problem. I have basically written the first 60,000 words of this book twice, and now I'm going back to the beginning again, and I'll do it again. So I think it's running long. I think like right now, that's probably like somewhere between 50 and 60% of the book in terms of where I am in the story. So you know, if I've done that by June, I feel like I'll have no problem finishing two drafts of it by the end of the year. My goal is to finish this new draft that I'm working on, I guess like kind of draft three, and get to the very end of the book to like write the rest of it too by the end of July, which is pretty aggressive, but I think I can do it. And so then... I think I would probably then like do another quick draft of it to be able to like send it to my editor in September before my book comes out. So I feel good about this. I'm like doing it in a messy way that is against all the advice that everyone has, but like feels right in my bones and I'm just going with it. And are you finding more balance and joy this time around? Because that was another one of your professional goals when it came to writing. No, I'm not. I was for like the first month. Really? And then I stopped finding balance or joy and I just started freaking out and panicking and being like, I I, I just have like a deep sense of terror. It, it's different. Like the reason that I'm freaking out is different. I just have like a deep sense of panic and terror of letting people down. So you feel more pressure. And it's like, who who are those people? Like, is it readers? Because they haven't even read the first book. They don't care. I mean, I guess theoretically it's like the hope is that they will. And then it's, you know, like my agent, my editors. Yeah, I I just have like a lot of new fear. And even though this is going so much faster than the first one, and I I do think that I learned so much in the first one, like I just, I, I don't feel light or easy about it. And I, you know, every, at least once a week, I, I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible and this is nothing and this is, this project sucks and I should abandon it. So no. But after London, I'm going back to the beginning again and I've read through everything and it truly is not as bad as it felt in my mind. It's like not there, but it's not as bad as it felt. And as we prepped for this episode, I'm like, okay, I need to remember to just like relax. I need to remember to do that. So yeah. I mean, easier said than done. So much easier said than done. Um, you're doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Is it joyful? No. Hopefully- Are there moments of joy? <laughs> I was listening to a podcast this morning, and um, I'll talk about it in my obsession. And it was an interview between Emma Straub and Jean Hamp Corlitz. And uh, Jean was say asking Emma, she was like, are you – somebody who enjoys writing or are you somebody who enjoys having written? And I was like, oh, yes, 
this is exactly it. Like the retrospect, like that looking at it in the rear view and being like, yes, I have done this thing is really satisfying. But for me, in the process so far, there are fewer moments of like joy or exhilaration than I hear other people experiencing. And I think a lot of that has to do with like weird pressure and expectations that I'm putting on myself. Well, I mean, there, there is more pressure for you this time around. You know people are going to read it. <laughs> you know who's going to see it. These are people you respect. Like, I totally get that. Yeah. that that's that's a lot. So I'm uh, hopefully when we check in in January, I'll have like reminded myself of this on a more regular basis. I need to like put it on a post-it note and like put it on my computer or something so that I, I like remember this goal and like can stop myself when I start spiraling and be like, no, this is not how we want to approach this book. I like that idea. I'll check in with you. Thank you. Okay. What about making five new author friends? Okay. I haven't done this. What? I feel like you have so many author friends. (sighs) Okay. So I would- Or industry friends or both. Okay. So I would give myself two out of five so far this year. I mean- two new author friends. One is the author Georgia Clark, who we have the same agent and she lives in my neighborhood. We've been out to dinner. Like I'm like, yeah, like we are author friends. The other is my my literary agency has a mentorship program. And so I was assigned a mentor and we've met twice and she is obligated, not obligated, but like based on the program, she's supposed to meet with me once a month for 12 months. So I'm going to count her too. It's the author Tara Conklin who wrote The Last Romantics. And so oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I have two. I feel like this year I've successfully made a lot of new author acquaintances, but I don't think I've I've converted them to author friends yet. Okay. I am when this airs, I'm going to an event for Carly Fortune. Um and like, I have my eye on her. I know she listens to this podcast, so this is real creepy. But I'm like, oh, yeah. I feel like she would consider you a friend. Yeah, but if I was like having a panic freak out, like I, I wouldn't email her. You know, I wouldn't be like, right. hey, Carly. Well, maybe after this event you maybe. will. Or after this episode. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> like authors, come out of the woodwork and be my friend. <laughs> oh, you know, this is not maybe the spirit of the goal. But Morgan Hoyt, NYC book girl, is writing a book. And so I feel like she was already a friend, but now she's becoming an author. So I'm like, oh, well, there you you're go. sliding into this. There you go. I don't know if that counts. But yeah, I feel like I'm like at two. Okay. Well, halfway through the year, I think that's good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What about your solo or two to three person writing trip? You can bring your two friends on the writing trip. I don't see this happening realistically. Like I would like to do this. I just, I do not see it happening. I guess maybe I could count when I went to Maine to dog sit Ruby as this, yeah. but like that wasn't the purpose of it. And it was very stressful watching a puppy. It wasn't actually like, here I am in my Zen writing zone. So uh, this one might just get pushed over to next year because looking at the rest of my year, I, I just, I don't see this one happening. All right. Okay. I already know this one, but what about the podcast? So you had this goal to grow podcast listenership by 20%. So or you have this goal, I should say. We haven't grown it at all. My plan here is 
you know, we we did the cross promo ads with a thing or two. That, I mean, obviously that wasn't going to grow at 20%. I feel like we've been having a lot of fun. People have been sharing a lot, which I really, really appreciate. But, you know, I think like there are new listeners, but I it, it kind of feels like based on the numbers that it's maybe a one in, one out policy. So we haven't grown. Mm-hmm. But I'm hopeful that we might just luck into this via my book. Because like my about the author is at the front. It says the podcast right there. Like if I had read Carly Fortune's book last summer, her debut, and found out she had a podcast, I would have been there instantly, you know? Yeah. So that's my only hope of maybe achieving this goal. But outside of that, I am prepared to put in zero work to get this done. So it is what it is. Do you think this is something across the board for all podcasts right now? Yeah, I think it's hard. I think podcast discovery is really hard because like just Apple and Spotify don't make it really easy to find new podcasts. I also think in prior years, like podcast was a newer medium. And I think people were like, oh, I'm just getting into listening to podcasts. And I'm sure some people are. But like for me, if I think about my own listening, like – a few years ago, I might have been more open to picking up a new one. But now I'm like, no, I'm full up. I already can't listen to all the podcasts that I do love. So I'm very hesitant on taking a chance on a new one. So I wonder if that has something to do with it too, where it's just listenership has either reached a ceiling or like those listeners have reached their capacity of shows that they want to take on. So yeah, I do think it's like somewhat industry-wide. That makes sense. Tell your friends about us. What about you put in the effort? <laughs> yeah, share a, share the podcast. Um, okay, so what about a live event? You said you wanted to do one live event this year. Is that still going to happen? Yes, that'll happen. So I I do not know anything about this yet. People keep asking me if there will be a book tour, and I would temper your expectations, I will say. I think it's very uncommon, especially for a debut novelist, to be sent on like a big book tour that you might see a more seasoned author go on. Um, I know for a fact that we will do an event in New York City for the launch. I don't know where it is. I don't know when it is. But I we've already talked about like that being part of the plan. So I know that there will be a New York City event. And then my hope is that maybe there's like a couple other cities kind of like on the East Coast that are like close-ish. So we'll see. I will, of course, tell you the second I know something because I want you all to come. But yeah, I'll I'll accomplish this. Good. That's exciting. I'll be there. I, You might be my conversation partner, to be honest. I kind of have this. (laughs) I think you said that you wanted it to be great. I wanted to be both of you. I kind of have this like vision in my head. That it's the two of you? I don't know. Or like it's half for oh, half of fun. it is you, for half of it it's her. I don't know. I don't know what the format is. Either way, whether it's me or her or both, I will be there. Might be your live event too. We'll see. <laughs> That's me. I'm doing okay. I'm doing well on the work goals. Yeah, I feel like you're doing pretty much all of them except for the trip, which is like Yeah, it's like it's the trip, the gray hair, and the cooking that I'm not doing. But yeah, like seven out of ten. Like I literally think I might have ten yeah. goals here and I literally think I might be doing seven of them. I might have 11. That's anyway. Great. Let's talk about you. Your first goal, I think I know how this yes. is going based on your newsletter, which everyone should sign up for if they aren't already. I'm like 
very heatedly pointing at Olivia as if she needs to subscribe to her own <laughs> newsletter. You are. I've never actually seen you point like this while recording. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm having some weird gestures today. Like, I, I'm i also, like, I keep plugging one nostril. You've and, also like, been clutching inhaling. a highlighter for, like, 40 yeah. minutes. <laughs> I'm clutching this highlighter. White knuckle holding highlighter. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, Sign up for Olivia's newsletter, will you? I'm trying to help (laughs) you. Thank you you so much. Um, (laughs) Leave me my highlighter alone. Okay, your first work goal was to say no more than you say yes, particularly to Instagram partnerships and freelance stories. How is that going? It is going well. I have 100% done this. So it has been hard (laughs) because I'm tempted to be like, oh, if I say yes to this, then I could, you know, finish this room or whatever. But I've really been trying to remind myself that like I can't overload myself with too much stuff or I won't be able to focus on writing or the newsletter. So I say no to almost everything. I still have a few freelance stories I do and I'm still doing maybe one to two Instagram partnerships a month, but I don't actually, I have one for the whole rest of the year that's planned. So I don't know. I'd kind of liked the end of the year to be maybe like 95% done with doing that. Okay. I think. Okay. I've been kind of trying to figure out how that feels. And like so far, I think that feels a bit better to me. So yeah, this dovetails into your second goal, which is simplify everything else slash stop trying to do it all. So are we saying that like we're on track by the end of the year to have simplified? I think so. You know, it's kind of funny. So I switched over to a very simple like website format for my personal website. I had something more involved that had like my consulting and everything listed, which I don't do anymore. Um, And in the process, I deleted my entire blog by accident. And at first I was really bummed because there were some like essays and stuff in there that I wanted as well as some like SEO stuff. So like for the, the Calpac Luca Duffel or whatever, like if you Googled it, my blog post would come Did up. Did you lose it on the back end as well or just the front end? I th- So I think if I re-signed up for the old like e- uh, website provider I was on, I could maybe go back in. I'd have to pay again. Like, I don't know. Okay. It's just... I've been debating whether or not to do it. I've been putting it off. And I'm kind of like now, I don't know if I want to blog. (laughs) You know, I don't know if I want to do that. Like, it feels so much better to focus on other stuff that I'm kind of like, I don't know. Maybe this is the universe's way of simplifying it for me. So it wasn't really my goal to just have no blog anymore. I wasn't consistently blogging at all, by the way. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think I am. I think I have very much simplified almost everything. I post way fewer links. I do way less partnerships. It's definitely a privilege to do less of those and be able to make money elsewhere. But yeah, it feels good. Good. And I feel like these just all go together. So next one (laughs) is focus on the things that fulfill me regardless of how lucrative they are. So by virtue of simplifying, I feel like you're doing this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, It feels really good. It feels really good. Um, And I guess this one kind of goes into my next goal, which is to grow and prioritize the newsletter. And I guess that's the best example because I've put a lot of time and effort and thought into that. Um, And I've been able to like offer a subscription stuff and that has allowed me to focus less on the other stuff. And um, that's felt really good. It's like the most clear cut example of like putting your energy towards something you actually enjoy and 
I guess finding, I don't know, fulfillment. I don't, that sounds so like cheesy, but something like that. You're kicking ass at your professional goals. Like you are slam dunking them. I also know that you're doing well in the next ones, I think. So, okay, we have some book goals. The first one is to finish a new draft of book number one. I am halfway through that. So I haven't done that in a few months, but I started the year out strong. So I feel very confident about going back to it. I feel confident that you'll do this by December too. Thanks. Um, How about finish edits of book two, which for the public will then be book one? I know. It's really confusing. I'm going to have to figure out a better way to talk about any of this at some point, maybe. But um, uh, good. Yeah, that's going well. So that was the draft that I just lost <laughs> three weeks ago to today. And in the last three weeks, I have rewritten what I lost plus almost 10,000 words. And I am very proud of myself because that was one of the most difficult things I've ever done. So I don't know if our listeners understand <laughs> how heroic and how like just what high volume of work that is to do all that in three weeks also amidst a funeral a trip that you led like I'm I feel slacky (laughs) don't I mean I would not who knows if it's as good but it I didn't know if I could and so I am proud of myself I feel like I can do a lot of things when it comes to writing if I can do that hopefully I was also saying to you before we started recording, like you started book number two last August, I believe, like the end of August. And based on the timeline, like you will have finished a book in a year, which is an incredible feat. Thank you. And so it's like, yeah, (laughs) doing the work, but also doing the work in that timeline is like really major. Thank you. It's been really rewarding to work at it and prioritize it. And hopefully you'll all get to read it. And you enjoy the process yeah. of writing, not just having written. <laughs> well, maybe not tell the last you, three the weeks. past three weeks have really challenged that. I do sometimes. Sometimes I just can't. I feel like nothing is working and it's miserable. And I'm like, there's no way I will figure a way out of this. But I mean... Until someone can actually like buy my book, I don't know if I can claim that that <laughs> means anything positive or productive. But I do. I really, I really do love it. So, is this still a goal? Your last book goal is to start book number three this year. It is. Yeah. I mean, I oh think it's you are <laughs> I, super, super book woman. Oh, I don't know about that, <laughs> but. Um, I would love to. Yeah, I would love to. But I have to prioritize finishing this now three, almost four year long journey with the first book, which will be the second book, maybe first. So I don't know. I'm just going to keep writing and keep doing drafts until hopefully it pays my bills and I can live the life you're living. Last goal. You want to contribute to podcast growth get creative patreon question mark yeah that pretty much sums it up um i have not done this at all (laughs) i feel bad about it but i mean i don't know i would still like to do patreon but i don't know if it would be worth it the more i think about it i don't know if we're not growing that much my thought process is kind of like well maybe we just 
try to grow or expand on the audience we do have, but I just don't know if it will be worth the work. I don't know. And also, just for listeners, like this isn't like make or break. Like if we don't grow the podcast by 20%, we're not going to stop podcasting. It just, you know, it feels it feels like we've been plateaued. Not it feels like we have been plateaued since 2020. And like, I want to break through that. And I want to, I want to grow our audience. Like we're not doing this for the money anyway. So it's not like, yeah, it's not like getting 20% more listeners and being able to add, raise our ad rates 20% is like make or break. Like we're going to quit. No, I love doing this. Should we threaten to quit? Would that make people help more? We will be gone in a second. No, I'm just kidding. You did this. <laughs> I was going to say, though, that meeting people on this group trip to Vermont, and many of them were podcast listeners, was very cool because I got to hear about their Bad on Paper book clubs and how they meet oh. and discuss all oh. of this. And... It was just a good reminder. Like I sometimes I genuinely feel until someone messaged me and is like, oh, mentioned something I said in a higher low that like it's just us. And like it is. not in the it sense that people like aren't that. supportive, but sometimes it literally is hard to think that there are so many people that do listen. Yes. Like it's and just so, us on yeah. Zoom, me clutching. I now have a highlighter and a pen. <laughs> if I was there, I'd be genuinely afraid that you were going to impale me with one of them. I'm not, I'm not angry. Just I'm intensity. in a good mood. I'm just fidgety. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Anyway, everyone I met was so cool and so smart. And I was just like, you know what? This is a really, really cool community. And I knew that, of course. I know that. But sometimes it's it's easy to, to forget when our, we're in our little Zoom bubble. Here's the real question. Did you convert the people on the trip who were not podcast listeners into being podcast listeners? I think most people were, actually. Oh, okay. So I was going to say, that's your low-hanging <laughs> fruit right there. This is hilarious. In person, <laughs> this is the plan. Hand-selling it one by one. There was one person on the trip who had no idea who I was and just somehow ended up on the trip. No. And no. No. <laughs> Did I tell you this? Yeah. No. Do you think they were pretending? Like, was it like performance art where they were like, I'm going to go and pretend I don't know who Olivia is? Oh, no. Oh, no. She definitely had no idea who I was and thought it was hilarious that anyone did. Um, But I don't think she will be listening. (laughs) But she was very funny. Um, I think you should send her an email with a link. I think the guides, I think Jim and Tom... um, otherwise known as Jom, I think that they will listen. Okay. I, I bet you Tom will listen to this episode. Two new listeners. Yeah, and men, which <laughs> the percentage of the pie chart just grew by like a centimeter. I know, it did. <laughs> so that's what we're doing on goals. Let's get out of this. We're running a little long. Let's talk about end matter. Tell me what you're obsessed with. I use obsession lightly here, but I recently turned on Mer People. Olivia. Mer People Olivia. on Netflix, which I was cracking up because I watched Mer People two days ago and then I watched the MH730, the Malaysian Airlines plane that disappeared docuseries. Um, the docuseries about that. And the Mer People docuseries is one episode longer. Like somehow there was more content about the mermaids than there was about the biggest mystery in, you know, our lifetimes. I, yeah. Tell me more. 
Is it people cosplaying mermaids? Is it it about the folklore of mermaids? Well, is it a reality show? It is. It's a docuseries. It's a reality show. It's about people who like to mers, mers. They call themselves mers. It's about mers. Um, They like to wear tails and swim in them. Um, there's not, a, and it's about the, the competition to get the paying mermaid gigs, um, oh. which are basically limited to birthday parties and like Las Vegas things. Oh, and Renaissance fairs. That seems to be a big one. So, so yeah, this is actually super interesting to me because I find the politics and social hierarchies of niche groups fascinating. Same. This is exactly why I wanted to talk about this because- I love very extreme niche interests and the people that are interested in those things. Like I, I find but it, it also so fascinating. From what you're just saying, it sounds like there's a lot of competition and hierarchy of like who's the best mermaid, who's getting the most mermaid bookings. Like yeah, I'm I'm intensely interested in in that yeah. in the grudges. There's mersonas, mersonalities, uh, merverts. I won't get into that, but you can put it together. So all in all, did it meet your expectations? Did it exceed your expectations? It exceeded my expectations, but it could have been two episodes and not four. Sure. Four hours was was excessive here. Okay. But tell me about your obsession because you were like, we're running long. And I was like, let me talk to you about mermaid culture. It was important. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It was important. Um, I have two obsessions, so we're going to run longer. The first one, have you heard this like leaked from the vault Taylor Swift song, You're Losing Me? It's a it's a Midnight's track that I think is going to go on like a new special edition that she's selling somewhere. So it's yes. not available on Spotify. I wouldn't, I wouldn't marry me anyway. Yes. Or I wouldn't marry me either. I wouldn't right? marry me either. This song. Yeah, the soul. This song is haunting me. I I really, really like the song. I, like the lyrics are great. The music is great. The bridge is incredible. I am like singing this song in my head at all times. I like, it's in my dreams. Like I am, it's not even like I'm obsessed with it, but it's obsessed with me. Like I, I cannot get rid of it. I'm sorry or. No, I'm enjoying it, like it I guess. It's just, I don't know. It's a good one. It's a good I'd one. I mostly just seem like the mashups of like footage of her and Joe Alwyn and oh. clips of it. Well, so what I've been doing is I think they keep getting taken down, but if you search it on YouTube, you can just find it. And so I just, I'll like play it during my work day. Okay. So that's one of them. And the second one is this new podcast that I discovered and I did, it did break through. I did subscribe to it. It's called Always Authors. And basically the premise is that it's two authors who are usually like, friends, like they're simpatico. They're not just like two random pick a name out of a hat authors. And they they just have a conversation and they interview each other. And it's so interesting because they're usually people who have some type of like background with each other. So it's it's just like a more, it gets a little bit deeper. Like they're definitely more comfortable. They're guiding the conversation as opposed to being interviewed. And I'm really into it. I discovered it because Ashley Winstead, past podcast guest Ashley Winstead, posted about that she did an episode of it talking with Carly Fortune. And that was so appealing to me. I had to I had to stop everything I was doing 
and listen to it immediately. Two of the nicest podcast guests we've ever had, truly, by the way. Truly. Then I also went back into the archives and I downloaded a bunch of the other episodes, too, where I, I recognized the authors. I can't wait to listen to this because this just sounds great. It's really good. It's really good. Specifically, the Ashley Winstead, Carly Fortune episode. I think if you're listening to this podcast, you'll specifically like that one. And you, Olivia, I think will too. And, and they talk a lot about like their insecurities and like imposter syndrome. It's it's really, really good. Oh, yay. Okay. I'm going to listen to that. Like, I don't know. Next time I do my makeup or something, it sounds great. Great. What about books? What What have you read this week? Oh, so I... I, I thought I was in my Catherine Center era, which I am, but I think it might be broader than that. I think I might be in my PG-13 romance era. Interesting. So I I read When in Rome by Sarah Adams, and this is a book that I saw everywhere, and it looked, based on the cover, the description, it sounded so unbearably cheesy. The premise is that this like A-list pop star runs away from her successful life to Rome, Kentucky. She She's obsessed with um, Audrey Hepburn. So the character watches Roman Holiday in the middle of the night and decides that she's going to go to the closest Rome, which is Rome, Kentucky. And so she's like driving, her car breaks down and in the, in the yard of this hot guy who is a baker. And I... Having like read the premise of this book, I was like, this is so unbearably cheesy. I will hate this. But I wanted to read it because I'm I'm reading all of the famous person, normal person books as research for my own book. And I liked that she was the famous one and he was the non-famous one, which is what my book is. And it's it's not done usually. Like usually the man is the famous one. Hmm. So I was like, okay, I gotta check this out. I'll just like suffer through. I loved it. It sounds cute. I loved it. It was it was fantastic. And I think, okay, I was talking to my agent last night. We had dinner. And I think what I like about these is that if a book has sex scenes, you can almost, not that all authors do, but you can almost kind of cheat. Because if there's like great steamy sex scenes, you could be like, look over here. And I feel right. like it distracts from a lot of things. But if like the whole thing, if like it's leading to a French kiss, I feel like you have to have so much more character development, so much more plot, so much more tension to like keep somebody reading. So I feel like it's almost harder to do than just, you know, throwing in really steamy sex scenes yeah. where you're like, then people are like, of course I'm going to keep reading. Is there going to be another one of these? Like, let's go. Yeah. So. And to also make it satisfying still. Yeah. That's difficult. So I adored this. It was not as cheesy as I thought. It was like, it was very well done. It was plausible that he was a baker. I don't know that it was like, I don't know. So I I ordered two of her other books. Like I'm just, I'm digging deep into my PG-13 romance era. Love that for you. Sounds very fun. We had an offline conversation that you don't want to talk about what you read because you hated it. (laughs) Have you picked up our June book club book yet? Fourth Wing? Did I see you dipping into that? I have started it. Yes. What is this? Do you not like it? Oh, no. I, I was going to save my thoughts to the episode. Jury is out, but so far I am surprised at how much I like it. Oh, good. Yeah. You like fantasy, though. Kind of. I've really only read Akatar and maybe The Magicians. Oh. 
and not even all of that guitar. Okay. Well, anyway, either way, I'm 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 I find myself craving the escapism as I'm like throughout the day. I'm like, oh, I want to go back to that. So that's a good thing. That's a good sign. Okay, so we got to talk about this. Last thing, our June book club pick is Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. It just came out in May. Here's the thing. This book has gone so bananas that it is sold out in print basically everywhere until July. Still somehow, despite having been sold out, like this is well, not was last week too, it's number six on the New York Times hardback bestseller list. So, I mean, if you see one in person, like grab it. These are rare as shit. But yes, read it on Kindle or do the audio. And read it so we, we can talk about it the last Wednesday of the month. I can't explain this in any way that is palatable. It's about a war college and dragon riders. There's a love triangle. What I'm going to say is if you liked Akatar, if you liked Zodiac Academy, if you've been curious about any of those, if you liked Six of Crows, like if you've been curious about any of these fantasy series, this is a great place to start. It has bonkers Goodreads reviews. Everyone's talking about it. So you'll be like in on the yeah, ground floor. And yeah. I'm excited. I I haven't gotten any reactions yet. Have you? I don't know if people are excited about this being the book club pick or if people are like, Becca, you have gone off the deep end. I think people are into it. I shared it on my Instagram and I had at least 10 or 15 people say, I love this book so oh, much good. or I can't wait to hear what you think of this. Which, who knows? Oh, Sometimes good. that can mean anything when someone messages me that. So I don't know. But overwhelmingly- yeah, like, I want to shit talk this book with you. Positive. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. the other thing to look out for, in for a penny, in for a pound here on Running Long. The other thing to look out for, July, is our listener pick book club. You get to pick the book club book. I feel like I've done a really crappy job of this in the past of like giving the heads up. So here's how it's going to work. Next Wednesday, June 14th, we are going to put up a poll in the Facebook group for you to, you know, like you can put in your own options of like what books and then you can vote on other options that people put. So we're going to put that poll in the Facebook group and we'll leave it open for a week and then we'll tell you. May the best book win. May the best book win. What was the reader pick last year? Was it Lessons in Chemistry? Lessons in Chemistry, yeah. Yeah, it was really close. It was really close between Lessons in Chemistry, Hotel Nantucket, and Every Summer After. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what people will pick. I'm curious too. I can't wait. That's what we've got for you. Join us in the Facebook group. Oh my God, guys, I can't stop talking. I was thrilled with how much participation there was in the Happy Place Book Club, both voicemails, but then also, oh yeah, send us voicemails about Fourth Wing. We'll put the phone number in the show notes, or you could also always email us a voice memo at batonpaperpodcast at gmail.com. But also the Facebook group was popping off. I know. I love it. It's so active It makes me so happy. So come join us in the Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram at batonpaperpodcast. I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. If I have endeared myself to you during this episode, please pre-order my book, The Christmas Orphans Club, which comes out September 26th. Writing is hard. Do it. I'm on Instagram at Olivia Mentor. And subscribe to her Substack. Yes, please do. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.